So Money episode 942, Paula Rizzo, Emmy Award-winning producer and author of the new book, Listful Living. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Up to 90% of doctor's visits are stress-related. It's stuff that's happening to your body. People manifest it in different ways. And I I remember doing tons and tons of stress-related stories when I worked at Fox. And it just, it eats away at people. But now, you know, we need to take a step back and say, oh, wait a minute. Why is it that my back is feeling like this when I'm around this person? You know, it's not by accident. Or why is it that when I do this activity or when I'm doing this part of my job, I leave and I have heartburn or whatever. It's not just it's not just happening. It's your body's reaction to something. Overwhelmed, overworked, and feeling like you just can't ever get enough done? Welcome to my world. According to our guest today, the secret to solving a lot of this stress is to create lists. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. We can all probably use a little bit more organization in our day-to-day. My guest today, Paula Rizzo, is going to talk about how we can not only get more done, but get the right things done so that we feel calmer, happier, and more accomplished. Paula Rizzo is an Emmy Award-winning television producer who now has a successful business teaching experts how to position themselves for media, but she's also a productivity powerhouse who helps individuals stop wasting their precious minutes each day by leveraging lists. She has a formula for creating the perfect to-do list that can help beat stress, and she's sharing it in her new book, Listful Living. I went to a book signing with her the other night, and I learned that I can actually drop some things from my list that have been stuck there for days or weeks, that if they aren't getting done, maybe they're just not that important. Ha ha, freedom. Paula gave me permission, and now I'm hoping she'll give it to you. Here's Paula Rizzo. Paula Rizzo, my good friend, welcome back to So Money. Thank you so much for having me for a news. I'm excited to chat. Yes. And it's so nice to have you on now with so many updates. We had you on the podcast a couple of years ago. You were straddling the corporate life as a producer at Fox News and a newly minted author. Fast forward to today, you have now your second book. You're fully self-employed. You're running a bunch of businesses. So lots to catch up on. But first, let's talk about the new book, Listful Living. The first book um, was also about lists and it was called Listful Thinking. This is Listful Living. So quite the, mm-hmm. we are is, living. I guess this is like how lists can help us holistically as opposed to just getting um, work done. Yes, exactly. We're living large with our lists, basically. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all about prioritizing how you live, what you do, what you say yes to, what you say no to when you have a million things going on, which many of us do, obviously. Uh, but for me, it was really uh, back when my appendix burst. Remember when that happened yes, a couple years yes. ago? Yes, oh my oh, gosh. gosh. Very dramatic. Um Yes, it was my body's way of saying, you're doing too much, you're not listening to me, slow down. And it was a, you know, very frightening way to sort of learn how to prioritize the things in your life. And I learned a lot of lessons from that. So I took that and created this journal where people can really hone in on where are you right now with your productivity and your stress levels. 
where do you want to be? And then how can you practically get there? How can you change your schedule? How can you have more self-care? How can you just do better and feel better and be less stressed? Because people are just doing too much Mm -hmm. and too stressed out. So I just want to help people to slow down a little bit. One of the practices I really like in the book is about making these what you call enough lists. Mm. Right? Yes. Am I calling it the right mm-hmm. thing? Where yes, by the just enough list. The just mm-hmm. enough lists where you don't put every and so this is my problem. I feel like my lists, the longer my lists, the more I feel like alive. I'm like, well, look at my life. I have so many things I have to do. But then <laughs> but then I have to do all of them. And I always feel like I'm not catching up. I'm not measuring up. I'm never like accomplishing anything, even though maybe I've accomplished 40% of this gigantic list that has everything from like pick up apples at the grocery store to like write your next book. (laughs) (laughs) Too many things on that list for you. You need need to know. Give me some advice and how can I, how can I win more with the just enough lists? Yeah. Well, you're, 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 you're not alone. Many people do the same thing where they have this mind dump of a list of all the things in their life, every category of what you do and who you are on one list. That is too much for one list. So instead you should really pull it apart and put the things that are just enough, right? So look at that list and say, just today, I love daily lists today. If I just did these things, would my clients be happy? Would my family be fine? Would I be, you know, uh, okay? You know, three, four things. So that really forces you to look at the things on the to-do list and say, does this really hold its weight? Is this something that's really important right now? And the way that I learned about this was actually through an expert who I had interviewed when I was working at Fox News years ago. Her name is Dr. Heidi Hanna, and she's a stress expert. And I've interviewed her in both of my books because she's the real deal. And she was the one who told me about this just enough list. And I have to tell you time and time again, this is the thing people come back to and say, that gave me permission to just pick a few things and feel okay about it. What is on your just enough list right now? Well, today my just enough list is to speak to Farnoosh. Mm -hmm. That was just enough. And then my other just enough thing was because I'm doing this book launch, uh, was I'm, I'm doing a couple of blog posts to, um, you know, to get, to get some, some interest around the book and that kind of thing. And if I do that, I feel like I'm good, but there's a lot of other things on my list. So then I can go through and say, okay, you know what? I finished this and I finished that. Let me see what else I can, what else I can do and what, uh, time I have allotted to do it. That's another big thing in this book. As a TV producer, as you remember, you know, from your days mm-hmm, in TV, mm-hmm. knowing time, how long 30 seconds is, knowing <laughs> how long a minute is, it's super important and vital in television. And we don't really use those kinds of time cues in life. We think, oh, this will take me five minutes and it takes you a half hour. So I walk people through timing themselves on how long do tasks actually take you? How long does it take you to put your makeup on in the morning? How long does it take Mm. you to, you know, write an email so that you have a real sense of time? So, you know, okay, well, I did everything on the just enough list and now I'm going to go look at this other item. Do I have enough time to actually do it? Or am I going to then be late for three other things I have to do later? So to really fit in the things you need to do in your day, but in a smart way. And I find that we're a lot faster at doing things than we think. Oh, 100%. That's, yeah. that's my experience where I will like, wow, that only was 12 minutes or 15 minutes. Like I now know that if I want to spiff up the house because someone's coming mm-hmm. over, 
I don't have to wake up early to do that. I can literally do that 20 minutes before they get to the house. Um, and just, yeah, I just know what dash. I need to right. do. And part of that is practice. And part of that is just, you know, perfecting a particular task so that it is more um, less of your time when you go to do it. And let's remind everyone, you came to this expertise, as you mentioned, as a producer for over 10 years. Um, I remember one of my first lessons as a producer too, when I was not getting stuff done, when I was being very bad with keeping up with the tasks, my <laughs> colleague was like, get a legal pad, Farnoosh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as um, archaic as that may look, like get a, a big old fat yellow legal pad and start making a list because otherwise you will ah. forget to do things. And... Mm-hmm. I think that I just thought that I could keep it all in my head and I was not able to. Um, no. So it's, it, you shouldn't use your brain power for that to remember things. You know, there's so much else going on that you really can, you know, use that power for. You, you shouldn't have to remember these things, you know? I, so like you mentioned, I worked at Fox News Channel as a senior health producer for over a decade. And prior to that, I worked in live news um, in, in here in New York. And one of the producers who I worked with, also, I think this is, a, his name is Robert Cucciaro. And I think I learned this skill from him too, because he said, you know, every good producer knows that there are like five different um, pots on the on the stove at once. Everything is bubbling during a newscast. You know, you have to remember to tend to each one and really having a list of like, okay, w- what are the reporters who didn't send in their stuff yet or who, you know what I mean? Like knowing exactly what things you're looking for instead of being scattered was so helpful. And when I started using those same tactics in my everyday life, I was like, oh, this makes life so much easier. Why I like your book and why I like your advice so much is is not only because it's helping people in their day-to-day lives reduce stress and get more done and feel more accomplished. But And I was just reading on Forbes.com about an, an article called Why Women Quit, Why Women Quit the Workforce. Mm. And it's all about the forces that are pulling women away from work and in particular high levels of work where they're in leadership roles. And it's frankly, well, there's you know, there's systemic issues, there's hostile work environments, there's the salary sure. gap. But for a lot of mothers in particular, and that they were highlighting in this book, it's that it's this struggle of having to do all the things you have to do, or you think you have to do at home and work. And it's frankly burnout that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, we, it, I really empathize with people, women and men who leave the workforce because the constraints of work and home life are just too much. And when push comes to shove, you know, my family's more important to me than maybe my boss. So I'm going to quit. And I think that where your book can really come in as an agent, as a tool, is getting really clear on what your productivity style it is, what your priorities want are, the lifestyle that you want to lead. You can't have it all. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Agree. Agree. You have to choose. You ha- And it, you can have it all at different times. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you just have to prioritize what's the thing that's leading your decision at each step of the way. You know, like what is the big focus right now? And that changes. It, change, it could change monthly. It could change weekly. But just to be tapped in, that's the most important part. And when you mentioned burnout, the World Health Organization actually just said that burnout, you know, they're they're recognizing it as a real thing. And it is something that time and time again, people are going to the doctor 
for, yeah. you know, I, I think it's like up to 90% of doctor's visits are stress related. It's stuff that's happening to your body. People manifest it in different ways. And I, I remember doing tons and tons of stress related stories when I worked at Fox and it just, it eats away at people. But now, you know, we need to take a step back and say, Oh, wait a minute. Why is it that my back is feeling like this when I'm around this person? You know, wow. it's not by accident. Yeah. Or why is it that when I do this activity or when I'm doing this part of my job, I leave and I have heartburn or whatever. It's not just, it's not just happening. It's your body's reaction to something. And so, you know, for me after that, that, uh, event with my appendix bursting, um, I was so tapped into everything I felt. I knew, you know, if I eat this kind of food, I'm going to feel like this. And then I was able to say, you know what, I'm not going to eat gluten anymore because I feel terrible. So being able to take that lens to yourself and say, okay, if I feel super overwhelmed after a vacation, the idea of going back to work, I'm going to take one extra day, one extra day after work and, and work that. And I try and do that as much as I possibly can to take an extra day off after a vacation to just recenter myself. You can't always do it. Maybe you take just the morning off or whatever it is, but being kind to yourself is really, really key. So important. I really also related a lot to what you said about like being around certain people that can create stress in your life, yeah. you know, um, be, how you become in the presence of other people. That is something to definitely be aware of and to tap into because, it's, I mean, that's a part of toxicity in your life. If there are people in your life that are not adding to your health, you need to, you need to do something about that and do something quickly. Mm -hmm. You wrote for Medium about the importance of doing this quote unquote gut check. I think it's a really cool exercise. It's a challenge that anyone listening can start today. And it's every single time you do a task, stop and pause afterwards and checking with yourself to see how it felt. What mm -hmm. should we be? on the lookout for? What are the feelings that are good? What are the feelings that are red flags? Right. So it's like if you walk away from a speaking engagement or a client that you worked with or whatever, a person, a lunch that you had with somebody and you feel drained and you feel like there's nothing left, but and you don't feel charged up, right? You just feel like, oh, that took everything out of me. I've had that happen before where I'll go to dinner with somebody who I really like, I enjoy them. And then at the end, I just feel drained because they're a lot, you know? And so it's like, okay, maybe I'm not going to see them at night anymore because it's a little too much for me, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> this maybe is it's nice going to be a coffee. breakfast time friend. Yes. Exactly. Right. This is going to be a coffee and then we're going to be done. You know what I mean? So just like to tap in and say, how did huh. I feel? I started doing this when I when I started working for myself, because, you know, it's the, it's the wild west. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, you can take on what clients you want to or not, which is great. And you know, it's good and bad, but, um, you know, I was testing out, you know, how do I like to do, you know, media training and media coaching and, and all the stuff that I'm now doing. And when I leave specific clients, I was like, let me just sit with this and see, how did that feel? Did I enjoy that? Is that something I want to do again? Because if it's not, then I'm not going to do it. You know, I just, life is too short to do stuff that you hate. Mm -hmm. Look, you're always going to have to do something that you hate at some point, right? But the more and more that you can actually design your life 
for success and for less stress and for happiness. Why not do that? So at the end of the first year that I worked for myself, I did like an audit. I went through, okay, who are all the clients I worked with? Where was all the speaking gigs I did? Who was I around? Who wasn't I around? And I just went through and I wrote up this, you know, a a list really. And that sort of informed how I set this book up so that people can walk through and create lists. There's a lot of, um, templates in there, you know, to be able to sort of walk through, how did you feel? What was a scene when you were really stressed out? Stuff that we don't often give ourselves time to think about. Well, yeah. And what you're really encouraging people to do, I think, is to think about all the elements of your life. We don't often think about all of our, the, all of the experiences or the moments or the people we're interacting with, and perhaps even on a regular basis, but it's worth going through that work to first just actualize what it is that your life is comprised of at this point because every year could be different and every month could be different and like how yeah how did you feel after every encounter after every experience um because it can get lost in the shuffle you may not be able to identify the source of some of this stress unless you really go back and are very uh, you know uh, what's the word um purposeful. Like systematic? systematic. Yeah. You do yeah. need to be kind of systematic and purposeful about it. But the, the other, the other piece of this too, is that sometimes you don't realize that this is a stressful situation. You just think, oh, this is how I'm, how I feel. This is how I should or feel. This is how this it is. is what it's like. Yeah. This is just it. And it's not. And so when you give yourself permission to like step back and, and look and say, wait a minute, I didn't feel that way when I did this or, you know, I didn't feel that way when I didn't, didn't, uh, you know, skip lunch or whatever, you know, it's all those elements. And so, you know, even the way that I set up my day, I have very specific times when I do calls now, um, just like I did when I worked at Fox, but it was easier when you worked for a big company, you know, cause you left at the end of the day and then you'd pick it up tomorrow. Entrepreneurs are, are different, different animals, right? You feel like you could work all day, every day but it's too stressful. So I set up my day. So I make sure I give myself a lunch break. I make sure I give myself time in between every call to sort of reset. I I know that I need that. Otherwise I'm too stressed out throughout the day. And knowing that about myself has really, I mean, this year I've been happier than, than I've been, you know, the working. So it's been terrific. Hashtag self-care. That's right. Well, tell us a little bit more about your transition to becoming an entrepreneur full time. And the the day you left Fox, that was a perhaps a fateful day. You had, it was in the works, but still, you know, it was probably fraught with fear and, and uncertainty, but also some excitement. So how, you know, now on the other side of things, um, I'm sure you're glad you did it, right? Of course. Yes. And I have to say, Farnoosh, thank you. You you have been such a, a help and a, a driving force for me, you know, as well as our friendship has been like to, to be able to say, it's okay, you can do this, you know, you can get out there. Look at look at what we're all doing over here, you know, so it's been a really great example. And I appreciate uh, I appreciate that so much. But I am glad that I'm on my own. I mean, it's terrific. I had a great experience at Fox. I really enjoyed working there. I, you know, I didn't hate my job. I think that was part of it. You know, a lot of people leave their jobs because they're like, oh, I hate it. And I'm going to go do my own thing. That wasn't the case. I was just ready for something new. I was ready for something else. And now that I've been out on my own about two years, you know, almost two years, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to just 
call the shots has been awesome, you know, just to be able to say, okay, well, I'm not going to do a call before 1130 a.m. And that's okay. <laughs> and nobody has anything to say about it. You know, I'm going to go out on a Friday and, and, you know, go to this workshop or this thing that I want to do. And nobody needs to know. I mean, that's really terrific. But um, it, it opened up for me a whole new structure dynamic too. Like, how do you structure your days? I was like, okay, I'll just, do, I remember it was like, I think the first week I was working for myself, I think I did seven or eight calls in one day. Cause I just thought, okay, well, this is what you do. And I would sit at my desk thinking, okay, what, what else should I do? What else should I be doing? So it does take some time to get, you know, to get acclimated. But I think because I had, you know, uh, so, so much of a good structure set up in corporate, I've been able to kind of pull that over now into entrepreneurship. And financially, we talk a lot about how it's important to have runway before you make a full leap into self-employment, if that's your goal. Um, how conscious were you of financial runway? I know you're married too, so that helps to have that yeah. additional you know, person's income supporting the family. But for you, what was your comfort zone there? Yeah. I mean, it's super scary. And I'm a planner, obviously. So I was like trying to crunch the numbers for, for weeks and weeks and months and say, okay, if we have this and if I don't make that amount, then I can do this, you know? Um, so I was really conscious about it and really stressed and sometimes still really stressed about it, you know, but it is, you know, it is nice knowing that my husband has a, you know, a steady job and he's the steady one for a long time. I was the steady one and he was a freelancer. So now we've sort of, you know, switched roles in that way. And we've allowed each other to to do what we really want to do, which is great. And but I realize not everybody has that, um, you know, that setup. Uh, but for me, I I'm very conscious of the numbers. I and I'm not a numbers person. I'm a words person. So I feel like I need, um, you know, I need a little bit of extra help with it. But I. I want to know, like, how much did I make this month? How much did I make last month? How much, uh, what's going out? What's coming in? You know, it's just part of the game because otherwise I just, I don't want to fly blind and be surprised. That would make me feel worse. Yeah. Um, you say you're not a numbers person, but you know, you probably are. It's okay. You're kind of, you I kind of am, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Maybe 30 seconds, a minute. That's the kind of numbers you person You can be am, both a words person <laughs> and a numbers person. I'm discovering. I think that especially when it's personal, like you will yeah. figure out the numbers. I'm really I, the one of the things I've done recently because I don't know if you're experiencing this, but I've been talking to some other freelancers, and for whatever reason, vendors are not paying on a timely basis anymore. Not that they were that great huh. at it to begin with, but right. you know they're getting a little, a lot in some cases, slow to pay. So I am now becoming extremely vigilant with the cash flow. Like I want to know mm -hmm. what's coming, when it's coming. I'm being, so I have this like, I have this spreadsheet and it's like September, October, November, December, at least till the end of the year. And I, I, I know who owes me what, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, let's say technically they were supposed to pay me in August, but let's say it's not going to come till September or October. How is that going right. to look in terms of my balance and my checking account versus what I know I have to pay every month just because, mm -hmm. hey, like just because someone doesn't pay you doesn't mean you don't have to then go and pay the people you pay. Right, you, know, you like, still have your expenses. I right. have my expenses. I have my recurring expenses. And so um, – it has been really helpful for me to do that. So maybe anyone listening, um, just a really easy exercise. And uh, it's just in my Google Drive. It's great to reference. So that for me helps to build some financial, more certainty in my life and security. For you, Paula, what would you say is a practice that you 
um, implement in your life, this is a question in partnership with our sponsor, Chase, that does help you create some sense of financial security in your life? Well, since I left my full-time job and became an entrepreneur full-time, I hired a bookkeeper right away. And that for me has been such a great pairing because to know somebody's sort of got my back with the numbers and he's looking every month to see, okay, where did this come from? Okay, let's look at what happened last year at this time, Uh, you know, to be able to give me, uh, you know, gauge where I'm at, where I'm going, when am I on the mark to make, you know, and also to to keep track of, to your your point, you know, vendors who don't pay right away, you know, to have somebody else kind of looking at that with you has been super, super helpful. So I would say, you know, if you're a new entrepreneur, you're thinking about doing it, it's worth the investment to have somebody go through. And then it makes tax season so much easier because everything is already done. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, you download your spreadsheet or whatever it is and it's, you give it to your accountant and and it's, it's pretty seamless. And it's tax deductible. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Paying someone to help me with your taxes is tax deductible. So it is worth it, worth it, worth it. And I think for me, I know I started working with a bookkeeper a couple of years ago. Prior to that, it I was doing it, and it was always like a race to the finish line. Like I was like, "Oh my god, okay, so let me see, let me go through all my credit card expense statements from twelve months ago." And that was it was like a whole two days worth of just taxes that I had to be buried under. And now every month the books get done, and I think for me it's allowed me to, you know, you're just more in the know. And yes, agreed. And not so stressed. Like you, you don't need to be doing it yourself. You know, I mean, like we're both the same in that way that we like to be hands on and we like to be in there and, you know, figure out our own system. I don't need to figure out my own system for this. He's got a system. I'll just use his. You know what I mean? And I don't know how much you pay for a bookkeeper, but I will just say this to anyone who's in the market for a bookkeeper, shop around because there are some people who will present some sort of elaborate scheme and say, well, what they will do is they'll see how much money you make and they'll say, this is how much your bookkeeping should be. Mm -hmm. When really it should not be about how much money you're bringing in. It should be about the complexity of your business. And if you have a pretty straightforward business, even if you have multiple revenue streams, um, listen, it shouldn't be more than like a couple hundred dollars a month tops, maybe even less than a hundred dollars. And I have gotten quotes for like, geez, like almost $1,000 a month. And I'm like, what do you, for um, Uh opening up a QuickBooks account for me? Like, really? So just know that it's those people. I mean, I guess that's true in any, in anything you're shopping around for, like do your due diligence, but it doesn't have to cost a lot. And there's a lot of systems now that are almost like hybrids online. You can do a little bit of your own bookkeeping, but have the opportunity to still talk to a live person about your bookkeeping mm-hmm. if you want that op- you know that option. So, um, I think it's called uh, De Niro is mm, is a bookkeeping service, and um, I had the founder on it a while ago, Michelle Ha. But um, yeah, just just putting that out there. And actually, I'm going to pause for a second because I want to make sure that's still mm-hmm. around. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention zero. I don't know if you care, but that's the one I use. I mean, if you oh, want yeah. to give a different example. Oh, sorry. Let me take that back. There's actually a website called Indeniro. It's accounting software for startups. Um, this founder has been on the show before. What do you like to use, Paula? 
Well, I use Zero. It's Zero with an X, X E R O. And um, I like it because my bookkeeper likes it. And so we use it. You could do invoicing through there. You know, you can keep track of everything and does spreadsheets, all of the above. So um, it's been pretty, pretty easy. But I, I like it because he likes it. He seems to be happy with it. So it, it works for us. Works for you. I use QuickBooks, mm-hmm. lots of options that are economical. So now, Paula, what is the next step? So, okay, your first book was Listful Thinking. Now it's Listful Living. What's next? Listful Taking on the I World? I don't know. Right. Listful Everything. Listful Everything. I don't, I don't know. It's so funny. When I wrote my first book, I was like, I'm good. That's that. And then I thought, you know what? There's more to say. So I'm thinking it will unfold. It, it, it will it will show itself. You know, the list the list yeah. will, will lead me there at some point. <laughs> the list will create itself. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations. I know that um, you have been very thoughtful about this book and took your time with it. Although the, the, the production wasn't very slow. You, you, pr- you went to press pretty quickly once you had the idea. Fast. But you yes. didn't just write a book to write a book. You really put a lot of thought and care into this. And I appreciate that. And it shows. So congratulations. And thank you. let's grab a drink or something. Yes. Let's see each other in real life. In IRL. Yeah. That's right. Paula, thank you so much. Thanks, Bernoosh. You can learn more about Paula on her website, paularizzo.com, as well as listproducer.com. And she's on Twitter and Instagram at listproducer. All this information is on somoneypodcast.com, the audio, the transcript. And if you'd like to leave me a question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh, it's very simple. Click on the Ask Farnoosh button on the website, or you can go to Instagram and send me a direct message. Also still looking for co-hosts, you brave souls out there who want to tackle money questions with me. Let's do it. Send me a message. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.